Hey, this is Mohal Joshi from Los Angeles, California. I follow Indian foreign policy and defense with a special focus on Asia. You can follow me on Twitter at Mohal Joshi. Hey, this is Kishore Narayan from Bengaluru in India. I am an international relations expert specializing in global security, conflict resolution, and international negotiation. My focus areas include peace building and digital diplomacy. You can find me on Twitter at Veggie Diplomat. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of India Rising, Strategic Affairs Conversations with Mohal and Kishore, a show in which we analyze the happenings from around the world and their impact on India. This week, we are back with Pakistan. Pakistan does not, Pakistan seems to be never away from the news and therefore we are covering it again in good detail this time around. As everybody knows, we have uh, political uncertainty, uncertainty that is clogging in in the country, but we will go a step back and try to quickly analyze what happened in the SEO summit that was organized in India, and then move over to the political ramifications of whatever has happened in uh, in Pakistan. So, uh, Mohal, uh, just just the last week around, we had the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit uh, of the foreign ministers of all the member countries held in Goa, here in India, and uh, Pakistan's foreign minister, Bilawal Bhutto, Sardari was uh, the representative from Pakistan. Uh, he had come over to Goa, the first foreign minister of Pakistan to visit India in, in about 12 years. He apparently seems to have seemed to have got a very cold welcome uh, from the external affairs minister, Dr. S. Jai Shankar. And uh, uh, there were talks about how uh, Jai Shankar apparently told him that you are a justifier of terror, you are a perpetrator of terror, and therefore we cannot talk to you as if you are a victim of terror. And that has gone viral here in India. And uh, uh, the uh, the namaste that uh, everybody saw in the viral video that uh, we saw when uh, there was the photo uh, photo opportunities. Now uh, that was that was apparently termed as a snub by the Indian establishment uh, towards the Pakistani establishment, telling that uh, terror and talks cannot go hand, hand in hand. And uh, I mean, this, this, kind, this situation has continued to uh, pester on for, for a long time now, maybe two and a half, three years, or maybe even more, uh, close to four years, especially after the Pulwama attack. So I think uh, that's the situation that we have in terms of the bilateral between India and Pakistan. Uh, Bilawal Bhutto Sardari also gave a uh, record, uh, also gave an interview to uh, Rajdeep Sardesai of India today, uh, and I saw uh, him raising the same old uh, bogey of uh, Samjota blast and uh, the uh, Kulbushan uh, Yadav's uh, arrest, so on and so forth, and not really talking about uh, meaningful action that could be taken. Uh, at least from the Pakistan side. So that was the uh, that was the backdrop of uh, the uh, trust deficit that continues between India and Pakistan. Uh, Mohal, did you did you get to watch that interview? Do you have any uh, any analysis of what happened there? No, I mean I didn't watch the interview per se, but I did see the commentary beyond. I mean. 
Pakistan could have used this to open some sort of dialogue with India, but instead he was harping back on, oh, the India has to go back to the 4th August 2019 position right. on Kashmir, which is basically uh, reimposing Article 370, which is a complete non-starter. So he yeah. was taking many uh, positions where they would find no um, common ground with India. So I it was like probably a lost opportunity there, but I guess he wanted to just show his credential. He was like more for domestic posturing in exactly. Pakistan. I mean, we have been, we'll be approaching probably in six months from now elections again in Pakistan. So he might want to be their top dog uh, come election, assuming that Imran is disqualified or can't cobble to the majority. So this would be more, he was like more posturing, but I mean, it looks, and I think, uh, even Jay Shankar made the comment that if you are an ungracious uh, guest, then we will not be a gracious host. Something I mean, I'm very paraphrasing here, but uh, he tried to like do one up on India, and I think uh, Jay Shankar kind of put him in his place for that. Right, right, yeah. So uh, that was with regards to the SEO summit, and uh, we have a heads of state uh, meeting coming up. Uh, sometime in July, when probably the Prime Minister of Pakistan, Shabash Sharif, will be flying down to India. So the the stage has been set. We know that there will be a lot of bickering between India and Pakistan. So this is the SCO summit in India, or yes, okay. India being the India being the chair for this this time around. So we mm -hmm. will have Shabash Sharif probably flying down. Uh, and obviously, he would not want to miss that opportunity to come down. So uh, that that should be happening. But probably what might happen is uh, instead of the uh, uh, spotlight on the SEO, including probably Putin coming down or even Xi Jinping coming down, we might we might see more of more spotlight on the bickering between India and Pakistan. So I think that might <laughs> be something to watch out for. But yeah. uh, anyway, I think uh, uh, that is. Uh, for the future, we can talk about it uh, when we get there. But we'll quickly move on to what's happening domestically within Pakistan. And uh, we all know that there has been a lot of political uncertainty. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Imran Khan lost uh, the conference vote in the parliament and therefore had to step down. Uh, the opposition cobbled up an alliance among themselves, uh, PPP and PMLN. Uh, they cobbled up an alliance. So you now have uh, Shabash Sharif being the prime minister with the support from uh, uh, Bilawal Bhutto Zardari, who himself is the foreign minister. So in the past uh, five, six months, uh, that's the new uh, that's the new forces uh, in power. And uh, Imran Khan has been very vocal in setting up rallies, uh, trying to whip up the sentiments of the people and especially his supporters who are, who uh, who never missed an opportunity to come down uh, to come onto the streets and try to protest so uh, we have had enough rallies uh, one rally of course we all know what happened there was apparently uh, 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 an attack on the life of Imran Khan himself which we have talked uh, which we have spoken about in our previous podcast episode so uh, the same political uncertainty continues even now and uh, Imran Khan continues to face multiple charges. Uh, I think by the latest count, he has 
around uh, 70 cases on him, ranging I from embezzlement of I, funds to blasphemy and, and so on. Yeah, Mohan. Yeah, I think I, I heard like it was like over 100. But I mean, actually, in one of the interviews, he was joking that oh, I'm approaching a century. I mean, being a cricketer, he had to... <laughs> use a okay. cricketing term so yeah i mean okay. it, i think and, it, and it's the cases are in like all parts of the country so right. it's a yeah. i mean as he claims it's a concerted attack on him by the army or the deep state i mean also the in, incumbent government shabash sharif and buttos they are no friend of uh, imran khan so they would also want to put him in his place and ensure that he gets bogged down in a ton of cases i mean i think they would might need just conviction in one case in theory to have him disqualified from uh, future elections. So, uh... <clears throat> right. I mean, I mean, some of them can be a pardonable offense, like say, for example, embezzlement of funds can be pardonable. But cases like blasphemy, I think, I think there is no way he can escape them if the army decides to tighten the screws uh, on him. So, I think mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the worst is yet to come in terms of uh, the legal battles. But uh, Mohal, uh, regarding the actual case where this bail petition was dismissed, do you want to talk about that? Uh, the one that yeah. uh, came in the news a uh, couple of days back? Yeah, so I think the case that uh, he was he came to court was the Al-Qadir case. So mm-hmm. what happened is that uh, there was a businessman, uh, and I forget his name, uh, Kishore... Uh, Mr. Hussein, Riyadh Hussein or somebody from London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, um, I mean, you can just look it up like while I speak about the case. So basically, the this businessman, he was in UK and he he was uh, investigated by the serious fraud offenses uh, division in UK and he was found to have dirty money. So uh, as part of the deal with the UK authorities, he agreed to surrender like 190 million pounds. Now, technically, this was money that was like uh, to be sent to back to Pakistan and the money should have gone to the exchequer in Pakistan. But what Imran Khan did was he gave the money back to, uh, I believe, like Riyaz Hussain, right? That's his name. Malik Riyaz Hussain, uh, apparently one of Pakistan's richest. Yeah, and yeah, Malik, yeah, yeah. M- Malik Riyaz Hussain. So the, okay, so the, the, the deal was that I mean, if the money was simply given back, okay, it's still not uh, improper. Like if dirty money was earned by this individual, it should have gone back to the government and not given back to the individual who has who is at, uh, who has done a crime. So what Imran did was he ended up he ended up giving back the money to the individual. So this actually wealthy, highly wealthy individual. I think is one of Pakistan's richest uh, mm. men. So. But there was an alleged quo. So basically, there was a university called Al Qadir University, which was set up, uh, or whose founding like uh, a, a hand was played by uh, Imran Khan's third and current wife, uh, or, mm. or actually like uh, Mushra Bibi. So the university, the land for the university, was given by this uh, Riya Hussain, Malik Riya Hussain. So. The allegation is that in in exchange, in lieu of getting the 190 million pounds, which was given over by UK authorities, was given to Riyaz Susan by Imran Khan. And in return, he got land for his university that like his wife was setting up. So this was like a serious allegation. And uh, 
I think the National Accountancy Bureau, which is like kind of a Jan Lokpal. I mean, we don't have it in India. I mean, I know there was a lot of push during the Anna Hazare movement to set up one of those, but it's kind of a, like a very uh, powerful body. Like they booked uh, Imran Khan in this case for the quid pro quo, and uh, he was brought to court. And uh, the Pakistani Rangers, which is kind of equivalent of the BSF. they picked up imran khan under heavy securities and they forcibly took him away and uh, he was arrested and he sent to i mean supposedly it says they are in somewhere in rawalpindi uh, mm-hmm. beyond the reach of his supporters because last time if you remember when they were serving a uh warrant or a what a notice i guess i forget like the details to him in his uh, hometown or at his uh, personal home they the protesters did a lot of violent uh, uh rioting and uh they like kind of defeated the authorities mm. from trying to reach him so they anticipated such this there could be a lot of uh, resistance from his supporters but they were somehow able to whisk him away from the court premises to yeah. an undisclosed location Yeah, sure. and apparently there was also a video that he had recorded you want to talk about that yeah so in the video shortly before his arrest i mean he knew that the things were coming to an head uh, mm. he did mention that uh, he was going to be arrested and uh, he repeatedly talked about uh, a person he which is basically major general faisal nasir he's like uh, a pretty high up in the isi the interservice in uh, services intelligence uh mm. he's a uh, director general of counter intelligence which is basically you know counter espionage so mm. he mm. said that this guy major general mm. faisal nasir tried to kill me twice i mean the one attempt we know that he was at a, one mm. of his rallies and he was shot in the leg but Got the it. other is like supposedly he claimed that he tried to kill him twice and he also said that uh, this is the same person like major general faisal nasir who was behind the previous assassination attempt was also the same person responsible for murder of uh, a journalist called Ashraf Sharif who was killed mm-hmm. in Kenya i mean the kenya police mm. uh they ruled out foul play and they said it was just a killing of a or a, uh, it was like a mistaken identity like a killing because of mistaken identity but like a lot of people in pakistan don't believe they some believe as imran khan believe that the state had to had a hand in it because you know he was like very uh, against the deep state in uh, pakistan so he would uh, target on his back because of that and he was supposedly in hiding in kenya but he still got killed so anyways coming back to the story like imran khan was just making these insinuations and i think uh, at that day or the day after like the the dgispr the the pr arm of the isi they came out with a strong statement condemning this uh, allegations from imran khan and even um i think shabash sharif I, i mean i haven't looked at those tweets but they, they suppose supposedly they tweeted in support of the pakistan army i think this was like maybe a, a bridge too far i mean imran khan has been making this bombastic statements and blaming everybody mm-hmm. or picking up a, like a fight with the army i'm mean, usually in pakistan like not many prime ministers have survived having a bruising fight with the army but maybe yes. i think this was a step too far and i think the the army or the deep state whatever you call it like decided to take action at him and like arrest him mm-hmm. uh and then i mean kishor you can cover yeah. the events after that like all hell break loose kind of after Correct. his uh, so on, arrest 
came out yeah on that day uh, surprisingly or coincidentally or whichever way you want to look at it uh, the prime minister of pakistan was not in pakistan he was in london uh, the official reason was that he went to uh, witness the coronation of uh, king uh, Uh, the king in uh, london and then uh, the army chief himself was not in uh, pakistan apparently he was in oman and uh, the, the national security adviser also was not in uh, pakistan so you had the top 3 uh, decision makers not not being in the country and the same day imran khan uh, was arrested and this led to a lot of uh, conspiracy theories but then uh conspiracy theories apart this uh, led to a predictable uh, uprising by the supporters of uh, his party the pakistan tehreek e insaf and what we saw was pretty much uh, looting and arsoning setting uh, fire to uh, uh, to national uh, symbols uh, even attacking the ghq in uh, rawalpindi so i think uh, i think we saw uh, predictable and also i mean attack oh. So I interrupt, yeah. but like also like this is kind of in unimaginable for like folks in India that like GHQ, which is the the army headquarters in Rawalpindi, could be the ultimate like nerve center. Yeah, yeah, the ultimate center of power in Pakistan. I mean, we all say that okay, like even though there are civilian government is in Islamabad, mm. GHQ where the Pakistan army headquarters is, that's oh. where the real power lies in Pakistan. So it was kind of like that symbolic. Um, power center was breached and even the lahore core commanders uh, house yeah house was breached by torched. protesters and then yeah, i think not, uh, not only breached but also torched yeah uh, torched totally, yeah, yeah the, the, like i mean and there was like it's kind of interesting that the army wasn't fighting back for now maybe they just want to hmm. the rioters or maybe, maybe they were shocked by the response or maybe they were thinking that maybe we'll take some action later on and they will slowly crack down on the protesters Probably, even like yeah. that signage in one of the pakistan air force bases i mean there's a video circulating mia wali uh, hmm. mian wali um, uh, signage was damaged in that uh, air force base so it is quite a bit of like a violence i mean usually we haven't seen this kind of violence in like recent years maybe it might have happened like long time ago but it is in the advent of social media we haven't seen yeah. such a outpouring fact- of violence yeah. yeah yeah the protests were actually widespread from everywhere from peshawar to karachi to lahore to uh, rawalpindi so uh, i think i think the scale was not uh, expected but uh, be that as it may uh, pti uh, supporters kind of ran amok on that one evening uh, and one night and eventually we had that social media blackout on uh, the on the mobile phones yeah. mobile internet was banned uh so we did not get enough information mm-hmm. through the night but yeah. essentially we kind of could figure out what was happening in the country also yeah and e- even yesterday i think i have seen some videos where there have been some some spurts of violence even yesterday so maybe it's mm-hmm. dying down but um, it'll be kind of interesting to see what the government i mean i think shabash sharif i think you forwarded a tweet saying that he might be having an address to the nation address to the nation yeah yeah he but uh, i mean I but mean, he's still in london are... that's kind of weird that he's going to do it from london or what <laughs> yeah i mean uh, again uh, we don't know the complete details uh, people were thinking that he might address the nation yesterday itself as we are recording it on the uh, on the morning of 11th of may here in india uh, but then he has not yet addressed the nation so he might as well do it today uh, again that will be something to watch out for 
But uh, yeah, so right now what we see is huge anger all, uh, upon the army establishment uh, by the PTI supporters. So what we see is just one political party uh, expressing their displeasure and anger against the army. Mind you, this is not uh, party workers of all parties, so we still ha uh, have to make that distinction. Uh, in fact, the private residence of Shabaz Sharif was also attacked by the PTI supporters. So uh, PTI supporters are kind of leaving no stone unturned in burning all the bridges that they can. And they <laughs> have absolutely nobody to support their cause in whichever way. So I think I think uh, they are uh, they are uh, all geared up for that kind of a, uh, ultimate uh, revolution that, that they keep talking about. So uh, that's where things are, it's kind of uh, uh, heading to that kind of a situation where nobody can concede an inch. So uh, essentially, the uh, the establishment, the army, or even the uh, the executive will come out uh, with uh, extreme uh, force, is what, I, uh, is what I tend to believe. Mohal, uh, you agree to that? Yeah, yeah, I think there are already some reports that they have started to arrest uh, mm. folks who are like close to PTI or like, I mean, the interesting part is like, usually the army is pretty united on these uh, events, even in times of Musharraf or later yeah. generals. But there is like kind of a schism in the army where some of the retired folks mm. are kind of supporting. I think Imran does have like broad-based support, like uh, while the two parties like the Bhuttos or the, I mean the PPP and the Bhuttos and the Nawaz Sharif and the PMNL uh, they are like more like feudal type of parties who have this also aristocratic support mm -hmm. so like the upper middle class or the lower middle class lot of them they have I mean Imran Khan does enjoy a lot of support so the army is kind of stuck that they don't have a viable uh, um, alternative like you know that they could prop up to run Pakistan because I mm. mean from what the reports are saying they don't think they have any intention of running and also in today's media if army had to do a military coup and take over Pakistan it would just generate a lot of negative publicity especially when they're kind of struggling economically and yeah. to get back on their foot I don't think they want to get into business because if it goes see there's no upside technically I mean if it runs well I mean they would all be you know say Pakistan army runs Pakistan so they won't get much credit, but like if it goes in the goes downhill, then it, they're going to get blamed. So why even take up that thing? I mean, they just probably might just want to go to the next election, which might be in July or August, and try uh, to see if yeah. there is a better alternative they could prop up at a later time. Maybe like like uh, Nawaz Sharif's daughter Mariam. I don't think Shabash Sharif is. Uh, I mean, talking to like few folks, it, what I the sense I got was like a lot of the people. Some of mm. the support is definitely organic for Imran Khan, but some of the other support is I think people are just fed up with the two main parties, yeah, like the but the Bhuttos and the I mean the two main families, the Bhuttos and the Sharis. I mean, Sharif. I would say like yeah. it's I mean there's not a never a proper uh, analogy, but maybe the closest I would say is like something like what you have in Punjab in India, like because the Badals and the Congress have been ruling Punjab for such a long time, like people got fed up and just voted for a, a complete outsider and like kind of an mm -hmm. Arvind Kejriwal type. So, I mean, I'm not saying like Imran Khan is equivalent to Arvind Kejriwal the other way around, but like he represents a change. I mean, mm -hmm. interestingly, like this person was telling me that maybe if Imran Khan was left 
in power and if he had completed five years in office maybe he might not get not gotten elected because mm. i mean a lot of his economic uh policies had had missed the mark so the blame would have come but now like you know he can easily since he's in opposition he can quickly blame the mm. current government for the mess and uh kind of get the sympathy vote right i mean so that's why i think people are so like not some of the support is organic for imran khan but a lot of the anger also is saying like like you know this guy was unjustly removed from his power and i mean no doubt he has a we might call him him the dim but like he has a cult personality and a lot of charisma and following i think which i mean you can see if sabash said if he is not like any uh, yeah. he doesn't have any charisma and then like bilal putto i think the less said is better and he just wants to run his mouth off at every mm-hmm. opportunity to show like he's like a hardcore nationalist and like india hating guy but mm-hmm. uh, i mean you don't see any future like i mean he might become a pm let's say in a coalition government like 6 months from now but you don't see him like a prime material who could uh take the country along with yeah, him yeah yeah and entice the cows to along so the i mean the we are left with imran khan but like i mean who who knows like army what just want to get him mm-hmm. disqualified to maybe just do this khichdi sarkar of like you know coalition government for few years until they find a new viable alternative mm-hmm. in the long run but i mean so this is the situation i mean uh, so kishor like now moving on what do you think are the implications for india yeah just before that one one quick point that i wanted to make about mm-hmm. the uh, protest and how the army seems to be soaking up all the pressure uh, one 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 dimension of all this has been that the army itself seems to be checking who are the uh, imran khan supporters within the army establishment it can be a brigadier it can yeah, be a general yeah. whoever so that way you get to find out who the rotenex are within the army mm-hmm. establishment and then take them out uh and when you are taking out uh, the pti uh, machinery help so i think that yeah. way there seems to be a cleansing happening both within the political circles and also possibly within the army itself and that that is something that can be quite interesting because until now the army was kind of a political because it was superseding all the political establishment but with the with the onset of uh, imran khan there was that schism that had come in within the army so i think the army is apparently looks to be closing within its ranks trying to get rid of not only imran Eat khan out. but also the imran khan supporters within the within mm-hmm. the army establishment yes so i think but that I mean, was it, it, one thing that will be yeah, interesting to watch yeah, out yeah i think they will try to do it but i think it's still hard because he just enjoys broad support within certain sections of society so mm. yeah he they might try to weed out and support i mean they will have to find some way to wiggle out of this situation where they mm. can't completely get off imran khan and i mean imran khan has said like i'm not leaving pakistan unless unlike like nawaz sharif or bhutto who went out in exile to foreign countries so he's going to like uh, sort of whatever may be his fate i mean mm. politically and like uh, physically like because i mean prime ministers are always like an endangered species in pakistan so uh, oh. he's going to like ride his luck and i mean hmm. he might start believing in himself as like in a larger than life uh, the martyr hmm. the yeah, yeah the Who? not the martyr but like you know that he is like beyond like um, like nobody can touch him kind of you know kind of personality and that's what that might have get him into trouble like you know making these comments against the senior major general of ISI I mean never 
get you anywhere in i mean there's not yeah. anything good to be gained by it. i mean he could have named army in general but like when you start saying like uh start dropping names like this you know the army i think i think they had it things that come to it and they had to take an action to exactly. show him his place you know so yeah. okay quickly moving on to uh, the impact on india impact for india also i i doubt if the establishment here in new delhi will do anything they will just do a wait and watch policy they might not even give out give out any public statement uh, uh, simply because uh, it is uh, apparently i mean the way they look at it is that it will be an internal matter of pakistan for them to deal with but then uh, i don't think they'll miss out on any opportunity to have a pot shot at how army rules everything in pakistan <laughs> uh, be that as it may the seo summit that i spoke about where shabash sharif will be coming down in july i think that will be something to watch out for Uh, on the border and the loc uh, the army will continue to be at high alert uh, especially with what we saw in uh, rajori uh, early, late last week so i think that is the kind of alertness that uh, the indian establishment will will be uh, in but beyond that i seriously doubt uh, anything happening now in the foreign capital i think india might continue to uh, talk in terms of how this is Uh, a dangerous situation and uh, within within the region and how we have to continue to uh, keep a close watch on what is happening there and imf uh, also i'm i'm just uh, moving away from india imf also might want to be that much more circumspect in in uh, providing any bailout especially with the political uncertainty continuing to rise and with the federal elections just about 3 4 5 months away so i think uh, uh, pakistan will be left to feed for itself for the next 3 4 5 months until the elections are held if for whatever reason elections are postponed that will be only at the detriment of the economic situation within the country mohal yeah i think um, i mean india doesn't have to do anything i mean as some right. people are saying like that a weak pakistan is good for india because the attention gets diverted i mean if there is a strong pakistan then they always try to create mischief in india and like mm. we have terror attacks so it's good they fight among themselves because if there's an indian threat it unites the country so to your point i think we have to keep a watch on the border because they might try to the army if things get bad they might try to create a diversion with india like try to do a pulwama type of event especially with the g20 summit also coming like you know they might mm. want to create trouble in kashmir because the g20 event in shrinagar is i think end of this month so we will we have to we you know keep on our watch and um, make sure that and but rather than that we don't have to do anything here i mean there's not much to be done anyways if they want to keep fighting among themselves like uh if the attention is diverted in internal politics is always good for india i mean maybe some of the jappi puppi gang as they say might be mm-hmm. disappointed and they might want india to help out pakistan but i think we should just stay our hands off and right. not not do anything i think that's the best course of action let them let it sink in its own mess more and more as the days go by yeah sure uh yeah i think we have covered everything that we intended to mohal any closing thoughts no i think it will be, the next few days will be interesting i mean let's see if the army does declare martial law i mean it looks like far fetched at this point mm-hmm. they might just get the the police to crack down on all these pt activists and it will be interesting to see like in the run up to the elections whether imran gets disqualified and 
uh, what kind of support because i mean from all reports we see like imran will probably might i mean win a election if he is allowed to contest Mm. and he might even get the majority this time and like last time where he had to get some allied support because the other parties are thoroughly discredited in most of pakistani mm. people's eyes so interesting i mean as i said there is never dull week in pakistan you know yeah i think uh, yeah i totally agree uh, i think there will be an attempt to isolate uh, pti politically uh, by by portraying yeah. them to be a party of thugs and arsonists and mm-hmm. somebody who believe in violence rather than taking the judicial uh, route out so i think that mm-hmm. way the, uh, there will be attempts to discredit them further and further whereas the ruling coalition i think they'll continue to keep their uh, mouths mum uh, by not by not uh, angering the army so to speak uh, so that uh, they continue to remain in their good books and continue to remain in uh, relevant in the in the political equations of the country at least for now so i think the attempts will be to isolate pti further and further ensure that imran khan does not come out of jail in whichever way possible if not in this case probably in the blasphemy case or any other uh, such cases that uh, he faces so i think that way we might see uh, more and more uh, legal problems Uh, that imran khan uh, could get into and possibly never come out of the jail uh, at least in the in the near future okay so i think that uh, brings us uh, to the end of this uh, particular episode i hope uh, we hope that uh, you liked uh, this particular episode uh, to continue uh, discussing about such episodes we uh, we would like you to uh, share any relevant topics keep keep in mind that they have to be uh, impactful on india so if you have any such topics do let us know but uh, in the meanwhile until our next episode thank you for listening and uh, we'll be back soon